All right. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Stories of Selling Human podcast. I'm your host, Alex Smith, and I started this podcast because I believe everyone in the world will someday be faced with a situation that requires you to create change. We all want to be heard, seen, and understood, but the people who get our attention, convince, persuade, or influence us are not just salespeople. There are great humans throughout all walks of life that we're drawn to. I'm going to share their stories here so we can tap into what makes us human, practice our hum human skills, and ultimately we'll all become better at selling by being human. All right, this is a guest I have been following on LinkedIn for a long time. We've been in similar communities, just a, an amazing person, a funny person, someone uh, you know I respect a lot, knows a ton about sales. This person currently heads up all things social content. You'll see him all over LinkedIn, posting funny, insightful videos on LinkedIn. Uh, he's been the head of content at sales feed, a chief evangelist there, um, and also founded an awesome community called Social Social. And you'll see him on stages talking uh, about sales and keynotes and even shaming some of his uh, closest uh, partners as well. But please welcome none other than Will Aiken to the podcast. Welcome, Will. What is up, Alex? Oh, oh that intro. You make me sound really <laughs> funny and, and, and nice. It'd be sure if I came on here was dry and mean, right? Um. <laughs> um, well, I uh, I expect uh, nothing less from someone who literally posts videos on LinkedIn of him uh, coming out of the like freezing cold water in a freezing lake talking about cold emails. I so, lost six toes yeah. that day, so uh, <laughs> it, it stuck with me as well. <laughs> well, maybe we can see. So I don't even want to see your toes now. Um, <laughs> well, you know, happy Star Wars Day. I'm, I'm glad we're doing this on May, May the 4th, you know, with a massive Star Wars fan. I just have to ask you, favorite scene, favorite quote? What's like, when you think of Star Wars, like, um, like, what's, what's like one of your favorite uh, parts of, of, of all of the movies? And I, th I know that's a loaded question. Yeah, that is really loaded. Um, so, I mean, the diehard original trilogy, Star Wars fans may not like this one, but I was born in 1994. So actually I grew up with, you know, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones and, and Revenge of the Sith. So a lot of those moments in those films stick with me. The memes that came out of those films, epic. But my favorite Star, Star Wars film is actually Rogue One. And my favorite scene from that film is when Vader finally enters the rebel ship and you get this really cool, scary, and you suddenly realize how dope Darth Vader is because... Back in the, uh, what was it, the 80s, they didn't really have the CGI effects to really do his character justice. So um, that's probably my favorite scene that sticks with me every 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 time. Yeah, it's like really dramatic. Like you don't even and see him the whole movie. Well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I'll give you that. I'm 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 sending a lot of Darth Vader gifts today. My favorite, one of my favorite gifts of all time is uh, there's a you know breakdancing Darth Vader. Just uh, you know Google breakdancing Darth Vader and. He's uh, he's got a lightsaber and he's just dancing and I'm telling everyone may the fourth be with you and I'm I'm getting a lot of opens on those emails That's what today. We're talking so, about you'll yeah. love to see it. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. Um, well, Will, uh, thank you for for jumping on this. Um, you are someone I respect because um, you know the the whole goal of this is to really unlock what makes us human and and makes us real in sales. And I think you know um, a huge pattern. I hate to say this is a pattern interrupt, but when when people see a real salesperson, and I love how you say, trust me, I'm a salesperson. <laughs> you know, people think that like salespeople are, are a certain type of person or a certain look, or maybe they're, you know, that buttoned up person. But, um, you know, um, 
you you uh you know i i can tell like when you put out content it's it's very intentional to be i want people to know me you know first and then you know also um the value of my products so i guess with that said will um when i say the term i say, say this to all of my guests like when i say the, the the term to you sell something and sell it by being human what does that mean for you and and you know what does that look like what does that look like in your career yeah okay so that's a that's an interesting question right there i feel like the first thing that comes to my mind is that for a few years when i first got into the world of business and sales i thought i had to be what you described this buttoned up really smart really informed person who knew everything there was to know about my product and was the expert and almost like like i was playing this character in a way but pretending to be something you're not one is exhausting two it's cringy right <laughs> believe it or not no one has ever no customer has ever been like i really hope i jump on a call of like a you know middle of the lane <laughs> buy the book you know Dry, vanilla like, salesperson being yeah. you while doing your job is so fulfilling and it's also so much more memorable as well of course, it's not all about you. It's all about the customer, which took me way too long to learn as well. So asking questions would be the second part of selling human, focusing on people and and letting them feel heard. But but also when you show up as you, you, you become a competitive differentiator um, and you can essentially be more memorable and outsell your competition just by being yourself while also doing all the other great fundamental things like asking the right questions, doing discovery, managing the process. But... If you're you through all that as well, then 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 it's so much more fulfilling to to close sales knowing that you were part of that puzzle and part of the decision uh, process of them moving forward. Yeah, I almost think when like I hear you saying like talking is that it is exhausting, right? Because you're you know like anyone who sells anything like you get said no to way more times than you get said yes to, mm. and it can and, and or and you also get you know just no answer like you just get in that purgatory where you just don't know where it's going and it can be tough and you know but if you're doing it all the while while like having fun being you mm. you can kind of take pride in that because if they didn't buy it's not necessarily because of you 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 had um you had fun along the way mm. Um, and at least they, like, if they didn't buy, at least they, at least they got to see you, you know, throughout the process, you know, cause a lot of buyers don't, you know, necessarily want to open up to you or have you see them. But I, I, I imagine that by you doing those things, you got people to tell you things that they 100%. normally wouldn't tell other salespeople and, and, you know, created a, an environment to help them feel safe too. Exactly. You know, environment safety. That. You're showing up, you're, you're being you, it allows them to be the same, right? Um, yeah. In business, I think so often people don't shop as themselves, both customers and sellers. Yeah. We'll get to like what you do on LinkedIn. And I imagine that also plays out on LinkedIn. People that you're like, oh my God, the CEO is like sending me a gift back to one of my posts, like, or like what they're responding to. So I'll, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Before I do, I, I just want to find out about, you know, kind of your road and kind of what, um, you know, kind of helped you kind of decide and move towards like you know going to like a full-time sales role to kind of what you do now um yeah maybe like walk us through a little bit about um you know what you know convinced you that you know i i'm i'm really meant for more i have i have certain skills here that i think can translate um beyond just like a you know a um, individual contributor to you know maybe you know putting more of my ideas online hmm. Yeah, I'd love to tell you that this is all intentional. 
Alex. <laughs> um, but I won't give myself that credit. Uh, <laughs> sales was something I got into because didn't have any other choice. Um, yeah. One did a yeah. stupid degree that I wasn't interested in and then moved countries a bunch of times and sales is the easy job to get. Um, so that's how I ended up in sales. And then I ended up getting good at sales. And that then allowed me to have the freedom to then focus my time and attention on other things, which ended up being creating content. So I had moved to a new city. I was selling software for a company called Proposify. Didn't really have any friends or anything outside of work. I mean, I was doing well at sales. I was seeing my quotes consistently. So I decided to just start making videos. And these first few videos, you won't find them anywhere online because I took them down. They were horrible to watch, right? So I wasn't just a natural born like, oh, I'm gonna go and make great videos. It, just, it just repetition, right? But it, I was enjoying the process of making the videos as much as it wasn't about posting them to get likes and comments and grow followings. Yeah, it was just yeah. like, it was something to do. And then I did that for long enough and, and that came through and I, I started doing things that I'd seen other people do, but in a new way and taking ideas from video creators that I loved and then putting them in like making sales things out of those same ideas and styles. And and then eventually that got the attention of of the folks at Vidyard who, who said, hey, do you wanna come be a marketer? And I was like, no, marketing sucks. <laughs> You know, I'm a seller. I'm a closer. I'm a I'm a stone cold cash Assassin. cash making check cashing sales beast. And then I wanted a promotion and I didn't get it. So I then was like, okay, I'll hear what you have because I'm feeling moody and like a toddler. I was having a tantrum. And then once I heard the idea, I was like, so wait, hang on. I can do my hobby of creating videos as a full time job, and I'll make as much money as I do, and I don't have to worry about the end of every month and quarter, quarter. trying to hit a number yeah. like yeah i'm like yeah all right that sounds good and then i did it <laughs> and then it just snowballed from there right so even back then i i think i was only like you know six thousand linkedin followers at that point um and that role just enabled me to fully focus on content community audience and and, and get good at making videos and making content that resonates so yeah from there it just it went went end up we end up here yeah what do you say to the like other ends? Like, cause you you had this animosity towards marketing. Like, hey, like that's that's I, I don't I didn't go to school for that. Like marketers, they don't get salespeople and there's this animosity. Like, what do you, what would you say for the marketing person that's like, I'm not in sales, like the reverse? Like, you know, I you know, yeah, like those those quota, you know, crushers and those assassins, that, that's a special breed, you know. Like that's you know, I'm I'm about marketing strategy and I have uh, you know, and, and I love the video, by the way, if, if all departments uh, got treated like sales, I mean, it's a classic yeah. little video. Um, but, you know, yeah, what would you say to those other departments even, not just marketing? Like, there's probably people in finance and in HR and in customer success and all those departments, you're like, if they got treated like sales, this is how they get treated. But what would you say to them to to maybe, you know, help? you know, show to them that maybe some of what you do is actually no different than what your, your sales department's doing every single day. Yeah, I feel like every department gets a bad rap, but sales gets a bad rap as well. Uh, yeah. And I, I feel like people are often like, oh, sales, is this dirty thing, you know? It's like this necessary evil, this thing of like these crazy people who just go out there and do this thing. But um. They could those people could have just easily end up in sales themselves. It's normally just ordinary people just trying to figure out how to make it work, right? And I don't think the stereotypes and a lot of the bad practice in sales help us, but it's also like right. think about the, the good sale, sellers that you've worked with in your life. 
right. um, these people who who ask questions and listen and, and aren't you don't feel like they're trying to get you you just feel like they they do get you you know what i mean um and i feel like just just i i wish i wish that so many more marketers had the the insight into what happens in the once someone's in a conversation with the sales team and i also wish that a lot of sellers had the insight of what happens before the the customer ends up in a conversation yeah. with them as well because i feel so like true. there's just this huge disconnect which is why i feel like a lot of really great marketers out there and especially those who make content these days were previously in sales like you, you don't have to look far to see a few um uh I'm, I'm trying to think of names now none of them are coming to me nick bennett used to be in sales himself um think of another one well come on there are a lot of people who start in sales and end up in marketing a lot of folks who actually end up in marketing who end up in yeah. sales as well and understand the full customer journey it all it all comes together and let's be real without them that the company wouldn't grow at the rate it needs to um so i just feel like i don't want to keep referencing the book the sell is human but everyone's trying to move things and make things happen whether it's trying to get a client to pay an invoice yeah or trying to get someone to yeah. click on an ad there is some movement there externally and then internally as well you're always working with people and a lot of the concepts that apply to sales i wish people would enact more and i feel like they would get further in life if they understood that asking questions understanding someone almost helping someone get to the answer themselves rather than just telling them is a lot of what we do on a day-to-day -day life heck parenting my kids uh has been mm. a huge like a lot of the sales stuff that we that we've done uh that i've learned has actually been used in the in the th in the in the in the family here like getting to uh, uh, asking them questions so they can kind of end up at a result themselves yes is yeah so much more fulfilling than just being like do this because yeah yeah so i mean i bet you you know you've been one of many who are like parenting as one of the you know greatest sales jobs you could have like some there's some you know stay-at-home parents that are probably you know beast salespeople um because they're you know um having to help people like their kids eat vegetables or go to go to you know school mm -hmm. uh, or get dressed you know oh my god like kids don't want to get dressed they just want to be naked all the time and you're like <laughs> well they want to wear red so, or every day so, yeah <laughs> or sucking their thumbs like and you're just like asking them questions like hey like you know like you know, you're, you're, again, like trying to get them to arrive on the, their their decision themselves, like, and, and it's so important, like not telling them to do something, but telling them to, you know, ask them questions um, to help them understand something um, is, is, a, is a skill set in itself. Um, so yeah, no, thank you. That That is like so well put because um, yeah, like we're all moving people and the people that are getting people to actually move others are... Um, yeah, always seeking to, you know, kind of like you said in the very beginning, I didn't get that, like, it was really all about like the customer determining value or the customer, you know, understanding, not me, like trying to teach them, mm. you know, um, about their problem or tell them about their problem yeah. or, you know, even offer examples or case studies about their problem. It's really just asking them and um, helping, you know, them, you know, kind of walk through and, and analyze their problem themselves. Mm. Um, and then, you know, maybe you can provide some guidance based on their answers. Um, so, you know, let's transition a little bit about like how you think about like what you do as, as a marketer and, um, you know, cause I'm going to call you a salesperson, a marketer and a, you know, I don't know I if you still identify as a salesperson maybe <laughs> yeah, because yeah. that's just where I built my brand, but te technically I am a marketer. Just don't tell anyone. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. A, a salesperson in a, 
in in maybe Darth Vader's marketing, uh, you know, costume or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you're Luke underneath it all, right? Yeah. You're, 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 Anakin, you have the, yeah, exactly. That's yeah, it. Anakin. Deep down. Yeah, you're Anakin. Deep I'm, down, I'm you're Jedi. Anakin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so tell me, like, um, for, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really curious, like, about how you like to think about creating content, um, you know, because it, 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 it is it is it's super creative. I can see it's you and not, not to get people to copy you. But I, I think there's an intent, there's definitely, I see an intentionality about like how you try to, you know, help people, like, you know, stop people from scrolling and, and grab people. Um, can you give people a little bit of a, just a, maybe a couple themes that you like to think about when you're creating a video for LinkedIn and maybe teaching someone? Because I, I see you, you know, you're, you're teaching people about cold email and you're teaching people about going through spam filters and LinkedIn tips and things like that. And it's all a lot of different styles. Yeah. But is there anything that can connect a lot of the stuff, like maybe general themes that can connect some of the content you create on, on LinkedIn? Can yeah. you point your finger on it? Yeah, I guess so. Um, so I suppose I'm probably better known for some of the more creative stuff I've done um, rather than a thought leader per se. Uh, yeah. And a lot of that just comes from, I find like, the, the whole idea of it is that I'm never really asking for much in return. It's just kind of generosity because I feel like it's human nature to reciprocate when you get something good, when something makes you laugh or something gives you an idea or something gives you motivation. Naturally, when someone does something nice for you, you do something back. And when they yeah. don't ask, you're even more compelled to do something back to them. And ideally that is check out our product or service or hit the follow button or subscribe to our newsletter, whatever it may be. But you can almost be more powerful in doing that without ever actually having to say, go do this thing. Or saying okay. that very infrequently and mainly giving and then only taking a very small fraction of the time. So it's always like, okay, what would be helpful, relatable, or motivational for my audience, which is purely salespeople. Every company I've worked for is marketed or sold to salespeople. And then how can I make that sound different so that it's not just the same so that that the, for example the email the video that we mentioned at the start of this 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 there when i jumped in the ice lake that could have been filmed in this chair staring at the camera and every single thing i said in that video i probably could have said quicker as well <laughs> and it would have taken me half like a, a fraction of the time to make that video and it would have had all the same content but it wouldn't have had that thing that gets your attention that makes it different that makes it worth watching versus the other million videos out there on cold emailing so when i have an idea of, of something that i think is relatable or helpful or motivational for my audience i'll then think okay how can i make that something different that they've not seen before mm. okay. um, so how can how can i make a video about spam emails more interesting than just giving eight spam tips oh i know spam spam are we a can of spam during the video um which is not good for my heart um or many people's you know like uh what's the word gag reflex because a lot of people have sent me emails like that was a horrible video well please never do that again and they're like it was useful but like, sexy it's not the it's will. definitely yeah. spam is not the the meat of choice for many people it, it, the texture the the, the 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 what's actually in this but no one knows um didn't cook it or anything you know i could have at least made the spam fried it or something anyway the point is <clears throat> If I have an idea, then what then what can I do to make that elevate? And and, and the ways that I elevate yeah. those things is sometimes based on just an idea that came to me. Uh, but a lot of it is also just consuming content as well. Um, yeah. So I, I spend a lot of time watching my YouTube videos myself. And I spend a lot of time 
scrolling on TikTok. And what they get from that is when you do that intentionally, you can start to pick up on things that other people are doing that's working for them. Why did I stop and watch that video on TikTok versus the six that I just scrolled by? What was it? And how can I take that and apply it to my own content? It's not copying, it's more inspirational because I'm not yeah. talking about any of the same yeah. things that they were talking about in that video. So for example, Mr. Beast, anyone with a kid five year old oh is probably watching the heck oh out of those gosh. videos. Um, yeah. But he, he does like really interesting stuff in his videos. They all start the same way. It's like this, this quick zoom with like a whoosh noise. And I was like, his first 10 seconds of his video has like 18 different cuts in it. And there's music and it's loud and there's noises and there's zooms and there's snaps and edits and effects. Like, okay, they've done that for a reason. And it's because it really keeps you watching the video. How can I apply that to my video? What can I do at the start of the video that's gonna make someone go, whoa, Ice Lake, because it's a video about cold emails and ice is cold, right? It's like, <laughs> it's so yes. simple, but also like it just elevates it to something that's new and different um, because cold emails knows everything in that video has been talked about before. Um, whether it be yeah. me or Will or Red or someone else who's posted about it on LinkedIn, how can I make that something new? And I think that the reason you mentioned earlier that I come through and it's because video connects at that, that, that human level. When you're looking someone in the eye, mm -hmm. when you, you feel like you're hearing their voice, uh, whereas a lot of content online, Twitter, LinkedIn, it's all written. And you don't actually hear the, the voice um, behind the person. And I'll tell you what, this happened a lot at, um, at Sasta, uh, when it, the first like real live event I went to, um, after I'd started creating content, everyone was like, I feel like I know you. And I was sitting next to Bilal Bachori, and he's got more followers than I have, and way more renowned in the space, but like a lot of his content at the time, he's now doing videos, because I, I, I twisted his arm on it and said, you gotta get on video, and you're so good. <laughs> he's great. Yeah, he's he is great awesome too, as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, like yeah. the, the, it, 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 it connects at a more human level as well, which is why video is my forte, yeah. and also I'm slack as heck, so written content, I'm, ne I'm never gonna be a blogger, <laughs> I'll tell you that. Yeah, and you got a beautiful accent, you know, Will. So people that's my may, that's my they, secret sauce, you know. That's your <laughs> North America, but has a British accent. Um, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's very proper. I don't know. Um, yeah. um, uh, so okay, so um, you know, t talk to me a little bit about like what you're making content at Lavender. Talk to us a little bit about like um, you know, for for those that may not know what it is and what it does, like what what you all do, and then you know, um, maybe talk to me a little bit about. I'm I'm really curious, like what you think about when you know being human over um, cold email and we'll get into like a lot of the debate online about i, I think there's a, a real disconnect around people that um are trying to be human mm. over cold email or attempting to be human mm. maybe fake and versus people actually being human yeah. over email and what that looks like so talk to me a little bit about um how you what you all do at lavender how you all think about um you know, being human over, over cold, cold email. I think uh, being human is, is what makes sales so interesting as well. So anyway, let's go into it. All right, the idea of Lavender is it's an AI tool, right? But a lot of AI these days, you think chat GPT and all that stuff, we have that in our tool and it, it works in different ways. But a lot of what AI is trying to do is actually replace the work that we're doing as sellers mm. Um, mm. when we talk about that. So it's generating copy for people. It's it's yeah. creating these emails that look personalized, but actually didn't have any time or thought gone into them. Right. Right. And then it's being sent off. The, the way that, that we, we think that sell, sellers are more effective is when they're, they're helped by AI. Um, they're, they're, they're essentially, it's kind of like the difference between the Terminator and a Robocop. You know, it's more like you're being augmented by the tool rather than replaced by it. Um, mm -hmm. 
So take what you've already got, what you're writing, what you've the message that you're trying to get across, the the value point or pain point you're trying to touch on, and then use Lavender to make it better. Essentially, using yeah. the best practices from over 100 million emails and some AI recommendations to say, okay, if you do these things, your email is going to have a better chance of getting replied to. Because the yeah. problem is most sales emails aren't very good, and a lot of sellers yeah. don't even recognize that themselves because there's this huge disconnect mm-hmm. between seller and buyer. And I think this is why a lot of these methods, the salespeople don't re- realize a lot of these kind of automated and pretending to be personalized tactics don't land well is that sellers don't get that much cold outreach but buyers they're getting like 100 a day like their inbox is a mess they their phone is always ringing if they're not using robo killer their their linkedin dms are just constantly ping 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 and what they're doing is they're just kind of slowly learning oh i've seen that before and it was a sales email and they're just losing interest immediately so when we talk about like email mistakes, people are writing their emails way too long or they're including cliches like, I hope this finds you well. And because buyers have seen, I hope this finds you well 50 times before, the moment they read it, they go, oh, not interested. You know what I mean? So it's about like trying to interrupt the pattern and and write a compelling sales email and helping them do that. And um, while also still doing it themselves instead of trying to take the lazy route uh, essentially, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. know, some people call it efficient. I'd say it's sometimes lazy to try and do that. And I see all these tools and all these messages. And there was one that was viral on LinkedIn yesterday, and we all get them. Um, it was like, oh, I saw that you liked so and so's post, um, and then it went on to that post was about such. We help with this. I'm curious. It was actually not that bad of a message, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. It hit on a pain point, but the, the the issue that the person had with it was that it it pretended to be personalized when I know because I get like eight of those a week and people who engage with my content get sent those messages like, hey, I saw you engaged with Will Aiken's post by my thing because most messages aren't as good as that that example that was up there. It doesn't hit on a, that one hit on a problem. Most of them don't. Um, They've seen that before. And a year ago, I hadn't actually seen that many of those messages and I started reading them like someone's taking the time to notice that I've engaged with this person. They've tied that it's relevant to what they're reaching out about. But now there's these tools that can send out a thousand of those emails in a minute. And what that's meant is that buyers have suddenly realized, oh, when I see someone says, I saw you liked, that generally signifies that it's an automated email. And I think that's where the the disconnect is because they've learned through receiving so many of those, they've picked up on a pattern. And sales is so much about pattern interrupts and going against the mold. And if you're using any kind of, AI or automation to replace you, those things are almost trained. AI is literally artificial intelligence is machine learning. It's it's learned through repetition what to do. Mm-hmm. And therefore mm-hmm. it is literally applying a pattern to your outreach. And therefore your outreach is going to follow a pattern. And guess what? The buyer who gets 200 emails a day has seen that pattern. So I think that's where this huge disconnect comes in and why people get annoyed by those messages because they know, oh, this person didn't even take the time to write me an email. If you didn't spend yeah. 30 seconds or a minute or even five minutes writing an email for someone, why should they spend 20 seconds even reading it? So you lose them before you even got them. Even if the rest of your email is awesome and you hit on the pain point, you do all the other things that you should do, when you use those methods and you hit those patterns, smart buyers will recognize those and, and, and tune them out. And sometimes, annoyingly enough, make a LinkedIn post about you, which I think is not the way to go about things. I don't think calling out or shaming people is the way. Um, especially if you don't have any constructive feedback for that person, I feel like just complaining for the sake of complaining. 
So when I see those posts, yes, they, this is filmed right after all that controversy. I think, okay, see your point, but let's be real. Like, how can we get better? What can we recommend? Yeah. How can we serve the community? And that's why you won't see any of those posts from me. Yeah, my well, good on you. You know, I think I think both sides have a lot of intentions. I think the person, um, you know, posting some of these things like, hey, you know, this has to stop this, you know, don't, don't do this has a lot of great intentions because they want to make the, the sales profession better. They're gen, they, they want to, to help. Um, you know, people just realize like they could they could do things differently. Um, I think it's easy to have group think on LinkedIn too. People jump on the bandwagon of that's a that's terrible. Like we need to you know yeah this is trash and all this stuff. And um, but what I'm, I'm I'm curious about is I think we do condition buyers how to deal with us. Mm. Uh, we can you know and, and maybe let's just call it for what it is like spam sellers or lazy sellers condition buyers unfortunately so we're almost uh, i've heard dale dupree come on the podcast and say hmm. we're paying the penance for all those who've come before us um and so um i i i i'd like to try to figure out you know in that vein of like coaching and because you know the point the, the fact of the matter is we we do have to you know get really personalized with some things and other things you know, we can talk about the dirty word of automate, but we maybe have to be more efficient in some ways. Um, but where where could we where where would you like to see? Um, you know, if if we're gonna, you know, like you know, be personalized um, without um, you know, kind of um, being a pattern, being a being one of the same just spam emails of fake personalization. Yeah. Like, what 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 could maybe we do to like you say be di a little bit different? Um, and 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 think about it because I think a lot of people are like, oh man, I can't. So I can't say I liked somebody anymore. I can't say I've commented yeah. on. But but that's a tough. It's so tough, right? You know, because we're not content marketers. We're not copywriters. The most salespeople are just trying to figure it out. You know, yeah. trying to do our jobs. Yeah, I, I totally agree with everything you just said as well. Um, okay, so I think there's a balance to be made. I, I, I and you know, I I there's different differing opinions even at my my own company. I don't think it's efficient or effective for a seller to spend, you know, 20 minutes writing one email to one prospect. Heck, that email could bounce. It's the same as like, oh, you could spend 20 minutes or 10 minutes make, researching every prospect before you pick up the phone yeah. and call them, right? Sure. And you'd make way less calls and they, you know, with connect rates these days, they probably wouldn't pick up, right? It's a waste of time. And then the next time you call them, you've already forgotten all that information that you researched yeah. about them. Yeah. But what you can do is, is, is show that you have a little bit about you and be relevant. I think the issue can be where buyers get this dirty taste in the mouth is when people pretend yeah. that a lot of thought has gone into something when mm -hmm. it hasn't. Mm -hmm. It's okay mm -hmm. to be slightly more efficient, but there's ways you can do that without losing um, the buyer or irritating them or, or, or being irrelevant. Because that's what a lot of it is well. Like, hey, I saw you like this post, buy my thing. There's no connection there. Because yeah. ultimately what I find is like the biggest thing missing from sales messaging is relevance. Um, and, and, and I don't believe that you should be going on to Alex Smith's profile, finding out he loves kayaking and writing this email about how he should wade the rivers of sending cold emails. Like that's just not effective. <laughs> or maybe if you have like 20 accounts in your entire database, but most sellers have a lot more target market than that. So instead what you can do is, is use observations and, and, and be really smart about how you reach out and who you reach out to. A lot yeah. of the problem with these is targeting as well. So I get those same automated messages that say, hey, I saw you liked Alex Smith's post. Buy my thing. I'm like, I'm not even a decision maker. I'm like yeah. a content creator. And the thing you mentioned yeah. about has nothing to do with my role as well. Yeah. So targeting yeah. is one part of it. 
But then you could actually like, I could send a really good email to, let's say I'm targeting VPs of sales um, who have currently recently had layoffs, let's say. It's a negative thing, but it's okay. It's a thing. And this is what a lot of people refer to as a trigger. So when any change happens, you can use that to show that you want to have a bit about you, but also are being relevant in your messaging. So I could say to a VP of sales, hey, couldn't help but notice that you recently had a 20% reduction in sales headcount. From that observation, I can then draw a conclusion and connect a problem in their mind. I'm willing to bet they didn't reduce your, your sales target by 20%. Oh, hang on, yeah, they didn't, and I did lose sellers. How am I gonna do more of less? And then I could then highlight a challenge. Folks are also finding that they're sending more emails uh, to compensate for this, but they're not getting any more replies. Um, and then I could say, Sendoso found a healthy balance was in writing better emails, higher quality emails, and sending just a few less of them, but all that increased their reply rate and led to more new opportunities because the emails created, you know, highlighted a problem for the customer. So they were actually willing to capture more target uh, audience who weren't currently buying. Yeah. Is this, yeah. is this, does this make you even slightly yeah. interested? Yeah. Now I could then yeah. take that yeah. email and send that to 100, not all at once, because you're gonna get flagged as spam and don't blast them as well. But and I could then send that to 100 VPs of sales who just had a 20% reduction in headcount. Or maybe they had a 15%, but I could change the number each time. So I'm still being relevant, I'm still personalizing, but I'm not pretending that I've gone and like scoured their LinkedIn for what they've been reading and looking at and all that stuff. Like I think like that's the, that's the bit, that's the, the money shot there. Because you're one showing that you can ob observe something. So you're catching their attention because you've, you've earned their 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 attention by mm -hmm. saying I noticed mm -hmm. this about mm -hmm. you it's about them and then you highlight mm -hmm. the challenge which is still about them and nothing to do with your product and then you told a story of like how someone like them is solving that problem and then you, you're still not talking about yourself a little bit closer on that one and then you're just saying hey is this interesting there's no pressure there's this great email that's that shows that you've, you've you're smart and you're earning their their interest essentially and you yeah. can scale that to a degree you can't mm -hmm. send a million of those emails but you're being smart about how you segment your your, your database. And if you can yeah. segment by triggers, I feel like you're in a much better spot. And if you do want to layer on just a little sprinkle of personalization, then I could just be like, hey, PS, Alex, I saw you love kayaking. Um, well, you know, yeah. and then I could look you up on, on I don't know, Google and be like, yeah. are you a, I could find like two rivers near you that are really good for kayaking and be like, are you a, you know, River Thames man or you're a River, River Tyne man? You know, those are just two in the UK, but <laughs> you know, like I, I could put that in a PS if I really wanted to just sprinkle a little bit something extra. But I'm not gonna. I, th th that's the that's the balance, I think. But when you fake that, that's where you, you get into that problem where you're like, "Hey, I saw you went to this school. Want to get more email replies?" You lose the relevance, and that annoys people. Yeah, I mean that was so well said. Wow, um, that that just framework. Observe, talk about the problem, offer some social proof. You know, you know, uh, call to action. I mean, it's just an easy framework, and I'm gonna. You know, go back and listen to you know that email that you just you know just made up. That was like, made up. Fly there. The, the better yeah, part about know, that like, as well, just touch just a little bit on that. I don't want to interrupt, but like you can actually apply yeah. that to emails. You can apply yeah. it to cold calls as well. You can apply that okay. to yeah. sales videos as well. You can apply it across yeah. all channels, and that observation about them, challenge, solution, or story. You know, social yeah. proof. I could call you on the phone and say, "Hey, Alex, how you doing? It's Will Aiken here from Lavender." Uh, no, I'm calling out the blue here. If you've got a couple of seconds to chat, do they catch you in a minute? Whatever it may be. Some people don't like permission-based openers, whatever. And then you go, yeah, I've got a minute. What's this about? And I'd be like, I happen to notice that you just had a headcount reduction. Yeah. yeah. Willing to bet they didn't reduce your target. 
yeah <laughs> i could like do a Some little laugh there as well yeah. like you know yeah. rough on you mate yeah. you know i'm empathizing yeah. um i'm curious how, how, how what are your plans to try and still hit your target even with you know less bodies on the ground like i could start that conversation in a very similar way and i could apply that framework to yeah. almost any outreach channel yeah it's so true and i think that is the key like when we're talking about being human over email cold calling any outreach it's like once you get that, that once that switch flips on the buyer's end, that, that's like, this isn't a real human. This isn't a, a robot. This is a typical salesperson. This is someone that's selling to a persona, not to me, the, the person. Um, once that switch flips, it's really hard to bring them back because mm. you're just one of many instead of one of one. And, um, you know, I think about that. So it's like such an easy thing. And 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 and, and, and it, I love the beginning, like how you can just like say something funny, say something I'm willing to, to bet they didn't change your sales targets, right? Or like if, if you're any, I, I sometimes call people and like, you know, like I use the, you know, um, uh, the 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 gong opener of like how have you been they're like you know great great what what who's this oh yeah i'm with joe chabo anyways like you know when they go like so how are you i'm like i could be doing way more better things than cold calling people on a nice sunday afternoon or monday afternoon in florida but yeah. here we are anyways look i know i'm interrupting you but you know do you have just a, a brief moment i can tell you why i've called you can tell me if this is relevant to you or whatever in that and then i go in and like i've observed this i noticed this you know here's what um you know like people are doing like typically about that problem um you know here's what a couple people are doing with us about that problem does that problem resonate with you it, it, it's it, is it the least bit interesting to you and mm -hmm. you can say yes or no and if no cool peace you know yeah. moving on um but um you know cool the last thing i'll just say about that is i think we all on linkedin can say like you know, if we're, there's a human behind a lot of these things that we think are automated, like, even though they're automated, somebody's creating that automation. Mm -hmm. I think there's somebody behind a mark, maybe it's a marketer, it's a first time salesperson. And we can all be human with each other and be like, hey, you know, here's some things that I could have done differently, like what you just said. Mm -hmm. um, you know, let's, 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 let's see if we can hopefully do that instead of like, you know, making it so that it's like people get emboldened and want to do even more of it and make it even worse for us because people are like, screw these people. I'm going to keep on. It's working for me somewhere. A couple people, it's working. So I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. It's like, no, here's why you shouldn't do it. Or here's why you could just maybe adjust it a bit. Because it's not like, you know, some of these emails aren't terrible. They're just slightly off, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. What there's there's definitely that. some some constructive stuff there. Like, uh, like so there's actually two yesterday, by the way. The, one one yeah, was from yeah, a well-known sales marketer. trainer, yeah, um, yeah, who g did give some constructive feedback on like, oh, Absolutely. you saw someone comment on it, you can comment on their comment and then yeah. st then yeah. use it. But like, it's obviously automated. Um, and there was another person who I think was a marketer actually, um, yeah, who who didn't say that, but they also said in their post, you know, also don't connect and pitch me. Also, if you cold call me, then I'm I'm gonna rub you off. It's like also, it's like yeah. okay, what are we left yeah. with at that point, yeah. right? You're right. Let's talk. Right. So, so like a little while ago, I actually kind of did a video where I spoke to some senior buyers and I said, what's the one thing that annoys you most about salespeople? And they all, they all jumped to it. They were all like, yeah, this, 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 this. I was like, okay, what, what stands out? What do you love it when salespeople do? And some people couldn't even think of an answer. I'm like, okay, wow. your company has salespeople too. You know this, right? Every company on the planet has a seller somewhere along the lines. Um, even if you go into a retail location, yeah. They're, they're sellers, you know, people don't realize it. Those are salespeople too, right? So you can't just complain 
and that's just negativity and i don't think that helps anyone i feel like that's probably another note like how can you keep your content your voice your messaging your, your at least helpful and positive right so um if you are going to complain about something okay what's what's how would you like it done better um sure. I, I get a lot of hate comments on my tiktoks people are like sales people are scum <laughs> <laughs> I'm like you do realize if there's no salespeople, like the economy would shut down in a day, right? Like, like and okay. you didn't you have to get your job somehow? Man. Yeah, my, my man. So I often like just, I, I used to clap back at them and make fun of them and be like, "Let me guess, you overpaid on your car and now you've, you've got a chip in your shoulder." Or like I'd make something like so they were like salespeople are leeches. I'm like, what? Because we're clingy and we grow on you. And I thought it was quite funny. Um, but but um, I, I, oftentimes when I asked them the question, I said they, they like I hate this cold call open. I'm like, how would you how would you prefer it done? They'd often give me like some advice that would just never work in a practical sales environment. And they often show that they don't actually know anything about the topic. Um, so in fact, they shouldn't really be giving any kind of advice or critiquing in any way, right? Um, so I feel like if you're going to critique something you better be in a good spot to give something here's how it could have been better right it's almost like going into a restaurant and like saying oh the food here is all i don't know i'm trying to think of an analogy here but you know um what could have been better the chef the, doesn't know what he's doing or she's doing like and this you're is like, like you can't terrible. cook you can't even cook like yeah, microwave I, fries without burning yeah. them <laughs> but like not to say like if you're paying for something that's a little bit different right but like yeah. be, be constructive otherwise you're just yeah. complaining and that's not actually doing you any your mental health no, or anyone absolutely. who sees that post absolutely. any good by complaining about yeah. something there's a lot of negativity in the world right now there's a lot of doom scrolling and it feels good to complain about something sometimes, but it doesn't do you any any good or the people reading it any good either by just saying bad. Yeah. Give something else or just focus on the positive. This is how we do yeah. better. Well said. I mean, at the end of, um, I mean, I'm, I'm going to keep like everyone that listens is a fan. Uh, so I can, I can keep saying this, but there was a great quote um, that one of our guests, Dan Pink, uh, had. And he said at the end of his book, like, you know, you know, you're doing sales, um, you know, right when you can, you know, think of these two things, how will this person's life be better at, as a result after our interaction? And how will the world be better mm. um, uh, after our interaction? Um, and so that 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 second piece, a lot of people don't think about like that far down the road. It's like, I'm just trying to get this transaction it's a deal done. Mm. It's like, what's going to happen after that? How is that person going to use your thing? Or use your advice, use your product, use your whatever, and do something. And then when they do something, how will people experience that thing? And when they experience that thing, what will happen as a result of that thing? Right? How will so they somebody, feel? Like, how will it impact yeah. their lives as well? Like, David right. Breed said it like, so well. Like, he yeah. was like, I, sell, I used to sell printers. But like, yeah. I, had, I was selling printers <laughs> to people who were furious, whose days were being ruined, who were taking their stress home right. to their families because wow. they couldn't print something at work. Wow. I was changing the lives of printers. And if you can believe that and you have the conviction, you're actually gonna sell yeah. that as well. So absolutely, great, great point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, so, you know, um, as we kind of get to the end of this thing, I'm, I'm curious, like, um, so will I ask people is just a simple thing about you. Like we've gone through a lot today and I think just kind of coming back uh, about the person that you are, um, I ask people a fun question and, and it's just this to close the podcast. It's if I could, if I went in, <laughs> <laughs> to your closest friends, your your family, uh, maybe the people, maybe Jen Allen, people at Lavender, and I asked them, you know, what is just one thing that is just so totally Will, that's just something that only Will would do, that maybe it's a, a thing or an event that would only happen to Will, um, so something that could only or would only 
happened to you or something that only you would do, what what would they tell me, Will? Can you think of one one thing or just something that's just so totally you? They'd probably say I'd do anything, you know, like it's just <laughs> like <laughs> jump in a lake. Yeah, a like lake. my yeah. my wife knows this as well. She would make fun of me for this kind of thing. She's like, just like don't dare Will to do anything because he'll do it. <laughs> like I can't remember. I was in okay. Florida. I was in you know Disney World. And my buddy said, I'll give you $10 if you swim through this lake. And it was in front of the town hall in one of the you know, towns no, in Orlando. you got kicked out. No. Uh, and it wasn't in Disney World. It was near Disney World. Okay. It was one of those okay. those okay. towns nearby. Yeah. And he said, I'll give you 10 bucks if you just swim through that lake in front of like, it was in front of like the town hall. And I was like, <laughs> all right. So I just jumped in. <laughs> like, like it, it sounds reckless, but also like, I don't know. There's this little thing with me that's like, uh, commit just commit to to the the thing that you're doing and it may not have to be something that ridiculous it could just be the job i'm doing i can't not commit to things so i think they'd probably say will commits we we have a kindred we're a kindred spirit will because i don't know if you like hockey or whatever i'm not a huge hockey fan but i'm a I, I got into hockey like in 2017, I think, or 18 with the Washington Capitals. And they, they I'm from D.C. area. None of our sports teams win anything. And they ended up winning the Stanley Cup. Nice. And um, there's a so famous social post of one of their top goal uh, uh, scorers, Alex Ovechkin. My name's Alex. Um, swimming through a lake with the Stanley Cup and doing backstrokes and smoking a cigar and just having the time of his life. And he could do whatever he wanted. And we walk. We are walking in the National Mall in D.C. Through, and there's a video. I'll have to send it to you. you know, going through this uh, business park, and um, my friend just like, you should just, you know, just celebrate. Go through. Like, you should do it. And he didn't even offer me any money. I was like, all right, hold my phone, hold this. I hold my you know, look to see if there's any security. <laughs> and you just see the, the 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 beginning of the video is just shoes, and then me taking off, and then just going into this you know, like fountain and swimming. And I managed to do a backstroke because before the security guards came in and were like, do you want to go to jail tonight? And I was like, absolutely not. Take my stuff. And I headed out of there and uh, people are like stopping. And so we're kindred spirits. I didn't know that. We're, so. we're fountain swimmers. You know, we're fountain we're swimmers. Uh, all right. Well, where can uh, people learn more about social and hopefully not about fountain sw swimming? Maybe oh, a little just, bit about fountain just, swimming. Just hit me up on LinkedIn. Well. And, and a lot of people say this, my DMs are open as well. So anyone okay, who wants to cool. chat i'm always uh always awesome. up for it i do get a lot of messages so it sometimes takes me a couple of days to reply but i do make sure i reply to everyone awesome will aiken you have been a pleasure uh may it the has fourth been a always be with you yeah and and i'm with you always all right thank you hey gang all right wow you made it to the end i know your time is valuable so thank you from the bottom of my heart for spending your time here with me if you heard a quote you liked, got a quick bit of value, or you have an idea that can help convince others to join, I urge you to take a minute and leave a five-star rating and review. That helps us gain influence and bring some really great guests on to add even more value to you and others. You can also always contact me directly to tell me your thoughts. I'd love to hear from you. All my info is in the notes. Let's help convince anyone that they have the ability to sell well just by being great humans. And this podcast is proof. All right. See you on the next episode of Stories of Selling Human.